0: I too, Billy, and you book a match with me, that's right, killing look at me, I'm a total package, I will rip him apart, I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome everybody to Wrestle Roasts, I'm your host Dan St. I'm joined here by Mr. Robert Karpolis, uh, I believe Scott will be joining us at some point, Um, recording a little bit earlier today and. The schedule's been all over the place. So how are you doing, Robert?
1: I'm doing great. I'm I'm drinking coffee while talking pro wrestling. I mean, life doesn't get better than this, does it?
0: Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. It's our St. Patrick's Day Wrestle Roasts episode, and we got a fun one. Um, we're gonna be going uh, I am gonna list as as the top as the as one of the top ten wrestling podcast drunks, I'm gonna be listing the top ten wrestler drunks. Uh, in my fair opinion, and Robert may uh may debate me, especially with my two honorable mentions. He's probably gonna tell me that they should be in the top ten, but we'll see. Uh, we'll get to that right in a second. First, uh, pod scheduled next week, March twenty fourth. We're gonna do our own promotional draft. We each get five, fifteen guys to start a promotion with from both companies. We do a snake draft. Then we're gonna put it online, have you guys vote, see who had the best uh who has the best roster. March thirty first, the roast of John Cena on our WrestleMania preview. April seventh, our WrestleMania review for our Patreon. This Monday, we are going to be doing the roast of John Moxley. Next Monday, we're doing WrestleMania seven, and April third, we're going to be doing our mystery roast. Well, that's when it's the recordings going to come out of our mystery roast and our live Q and A for Patreon. Um, we will be scheduling that Q and A probably for um, that weekend of WrestleMania before night one i'm guessing but um we'll get back to you guys on that i'm thinking like saturday during the day or something but we'll uh we'll we'll get back to you guys until then it's time it's time for our main event top 10 wrestling drunks all right here's my two honorable mentions which i didn't really do this in yeah i kind of did this in order um all right these are the top two these are the honorable mentions, Ric Flair and Michael Hayes. They didn't Was crack the top 10 for me.
1: Jesus, what what list of monsters did you come up with that <laughs> those are honorable mention? Michael Hayes, just, just to set the table here for who Dan is claiming is honorable mention, Michael Hayes is the guy who got drunk at a McMahon family wedding. And started singing on the stage until they had to escort him off. Michael Hayes is the guy who got drunk at a WrestleMania after party and started uh, engaging in racially insensitive comments towards Mark Henry. Uh, Ric Flair uh, was so drunk. He got Tommy dreamer fired because of how <laughs> drunk he is. Uh, so.
0: Well, my I, thing about Flair is like, I got to take in the early life and, 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 Maybe I'm basing this off of Shane Douglas's shoot, but he said that a lot of the beers were water. He was like, they were like throwing them, and he was like throwing them plants. As oh yeah, that. no,
1: Flair would do that because he, if he actually drank as much as people gave him, he would he would be dead a lot longer than he is now because he's he's yeah, not but that's really why alive. He came it's
0: in top ten.
1: Well, he but the thing is, is that when he does drink, it turns into plane rides from hell and major lawsuits and pregnant women and that road rage into he's he's a he
0: he's a fucking for, mess uh, Rose too so was uh, so there you go um all right uh t- so i don't know i mean like you could put these in but number 10 this is a throwback one gino hernandez that's who i have because gino i mean this is what made him crack the top 10 for me you know, most people have a bowl in their living room of M and M's, or uh, you know, little pretzel bites, or whatever the fuck you want to put in there. Maybe some mints if it's around Christmas time, or you're having a dinner party. Gino had one entirely filled with cocaine, just that you could <coughs> just kind of come in and do casually as you walk through the house. And his stories are legendary. It seems like he's the guy out of everyone. And I know that, like, you know, drunks, it should be just alcohol. But, you know, it's all-encompassing, guys. Oh, um, well,
1: I didn't know that was the param. When I hear drunk, I'm just thinking no, guys no, no, no. drinking booze. I didn't realize it was going to be uh, a full-on. Well, on...
0: that is – yeah, I, I'm 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 doing, like, full-on. Because if you go to AA, a lot of it's drug addicts. So, uh, for me, it's like, you know, I should just say top ten partiers. But it seems like from everyone who – Um, talks about Gino Hernandez is that like, he was the guy, he was the party guy. It's it seems. um, He was the guy who had the party favors. He was party favors. And uh, you know, I I think he, uh, he had kind of a tumultuous life. So I put him in number 10, number nine, I have a tie, Paul and Nash, but for very different reasons, Nash could handle his shit. And I think Nash is underrated because Nash did just as much drugs as almost everybody. He just, like, handled his shit better. Um, and Scott Hall obviously did not. Um, and, I mean, come on, man. You fall asleep at a Raw taping, you got to end up on this list. You got a problem with that one, Robert?
1: Uh, I've fallen asleep during many episodes of Raw. So, I, that makes. <laughs> I, I think Nash is so... Nash is a, a party person in the sense that, uh, you know, he came up as he was working as a bouncer. He he's had hey, I'll his take
0: him off the list. No, no, he, I'm not you're...
1: saying take him off the list. I'm saying, you know, he does handle himself. I think Scott Hall, when, when, you know, he, he battled demons, that's the, that's the, the wrestling term for it. And it was constant up and down for, for the better part of his life. And unfortunately, when people think of Scott Hall, they think of the the problems that he had as much as they think of the in ring skill that he had. And if it wasn't for those problems, if the weird thing is, and I'm cutting myself off a mid sentence, but it's like the, the weird thing is his WCW run, people really weren't paying a lot of attention. Like he was off more than he was on in terms of being suspended or just on sabbatical. So we never really got to see a decent version of scott hall during the wcw run and his wwf run you know he was a little bit more straight and narrow for some of that because it was he was still you know, married and had kids and wanted to make sure he was getting money for his family uh but when he fell off it's like we got robbed of several years of great matches from him because of that
0: yeah he could have been i mean he definitely could have been world champion wcw if he had like stuck his nose to the grindstone but
1: or been in arquette
0: <laughs> Number 8 carrie Von Eric. I mean, you know, this is uh take it to the limit one more time, baby. I mean, this guy, you know, I mean, we talk about demons. Um this guy, uh this guy was partying like a motherfucker all around town. Well, when uh, your nickname uh, is tornado,
1: <laughs> like you didn't get that because he spun really really fast.
0: Yeah, so I mean like, you know, it's it's hard to say because he seems like the strong silent type. But this is my dark horse one at number seven. I'm going with Hogan. Now, here's why. Because he was like uh, the, uh, what's the position in Mardi Gras where you're like the head of the festival or something like that? But he was just like all pilled out and dancing. Um, Also, like, he told Bam Margera's ghost he missed him when Bam Margera was still alive. I mean, that has to count for something. And almost every single relapse that I've had, I've thought about, like, Hogan drinking at... Uh, I kind of think, like, Hogan's been a little bit of a trigger for me uh, because of how he drinks in Tampa, and I think it's how I want to drink. because You know, it's like him wearing a straw hat and sunglasses and dancing at Hogan's Bar and Grill. I mean, it's just a fun version of myself that I'll never be. Um, but maybe he doesn't crack top ten. I think this is the most debatable one for me. I think the
1: thing with... When I think Hogan all the stories I hear is that he's more of a pothead than anything else. Like he was always just kind of this laid back hippie who wanted to smoke weed, which is super weird when you think of how he was held up in the eighties as the, you know, just say no to drugs, Nancy Reagan era guy. uh, Where all you thought, like, okay, he's definitely doing steroids, but you didn't think of anything else. Um, I'm sure he was, uh, you know, owning your own bar is going to make that happen. If you live in Tampa, chances are you're wearing a straw hat right now. Like it's you're, And you're probably drunk. It's 11 o'clock in the morning on a Thursday uh, when we're recording this. So uh, every day is St. Patrick's Day when you're in Tampa uh, because the streets are covered in vomit.
0: They should call it St. Saint, saint Tampa Day. St. Saint, saint Tampa uh, does sound like the patron saint of child support. Uh, I'm praying to St. Tampa that I don't have to spend it this month.
1: Oh, there's there's no God in Tampa.
0: That's true. All right, number six, Chris Jericho. For me, Chris Jericho's social media presence, his beer gut, the fact that he never wants to see his family. I mean, I think he may be the most – he's the second most functional guy on this list coming up, but I think that uh, Jericho is going to go down. I be, I guarantee you, Jared, Jericho is going to go down as a bigger partier than Flair, which is uh, – kind of crazy for me to say but uh i think do you think he should be top 10 jericho oh
1: he's he calls himself drunk in his books he talks about how legendary his drinking is friends of his uh talk about how how when he drinks and he turns into a different person uh it's a sight to behold like he proudly admits this and when you're a canadian drinker that's molson drinking that's heavy beer uh, Molson is, is a fucking nightmare factory. Uh, we, um, when I was I, at the, I, pa- didn't
0: mind. I used to drink Molson ice, which
1: is, uh, I was, I was kind a Molson related story. When, when I was at the Panthers, we would have to bring Molson in, um, whenever we were, had a major Canadian opponent like, uh, Montreal and they were so drunk during one of these games that they attacked our mascot and broke his leg. Oh
0: my God. How do they so
1: he was trying to escape from drunken fans and basically got pushed off one of the vomitories and fell. <laughs> uh, so you know, the Panther. Uh, the, the I mean, it was a guy in a costume. I don't mean a, it but, wasn't you know, a real it was the Panther.
0: Guy the Panther costume. That's fucking hilarious. You okay. know, I was in high school. This guy. Uh, I really kind of feel bad for him now. But like uh, our old cross team beat up the mascot in front of everybody <laughs> at homecoming. <laughs> Oh, this guy, Justin, nice guy. Kind of feel bad. Uh,
1: Nothing says you went to a very white school like our lacrosse team.
0: Yeah, it was interesting because it was very white, but then they also had, like, group home kids. They would, like, bring in from Mount Kisco or whatever. So it's like nobody. a good football team. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody could talk shit. Like, it was, like, this weird, like, nobody could talk shit because, like, you know, like, those kids had their own crew and they didn't mess, but, like, you couldn't fuck with one of those kids if you were one of the cross players they'd beat your ass you know um cuz they knew how to anyway number 5 who arguably should be higher on this list but because most of the stories were also involved drugs i couldn't put him as number 1 but which actually number 1 and 2 that that the, that's them too but Juventud guerrero he beat up like six cops when he was getting fucked up one of them he like broke this uh lady cops ribs and stuff um high speed chases the craziest of the guerreros which is saying something um you know like it seems like he he would get drunk and ask randy orton to kiss him and this is when randy orton was on top i mean this guy just didn't give a fuck i gotta put him i gotta put him top five robert Robert, you're frozen.
1: Talking. Oh, can you hear me?
0: Yeah, now I can.
1: Oh, that was weird. Um. Anyway, having worked with Hooventude, that yeah. dude is, is fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, and, what was it and like working with him? Just try to avoid him whenever... Let's, let's put it this way. Of that group, between Hooventude, Super Crazy, and Psychosis, Psychosis was the most professional of the three. And if you look <laughs> up what happened with Psychosis, that kind of tells you everything you need to know what about. What
0: Psychosis again?
1: uh psychosis uh what did he get arrested for um i know it was something stupid uh i'm looking this up real time this is fucking dynamite audio uh i
0: I just remember him from starcast when like he was seated right next to me and i was trying to sell my albums and he was trying to get his his gigantic headdress on and it was probably one of the saddest sights in human history of me trying to show my ad uh, my albums and him like getting his head stuck in the psychosis mask.
1: I can't find it right now. I'll have to look. Th- I'll have to look this up later. Um, again, Fun. didn't get this list in advance. Wasn't prepared for a psychosis anecdote. But no, Hooven is uh is definitely one of those guys that uh, is a a low key party monster. Um, yeah. and and the the cop stuff. What do you call
0: instead? So top ten wrestling drunks. Top ten party monsters. Well, doesn't Party Monster have a different meaning? I think it well, there was that show. It was that movie, there was that movie McCall- with Macaulay Culkin. With Paul Culkin was in it, and I think Mickey Rourke was in it, too. But I don't he know. didn't even realize he was in it. He just They said Party Monster,
1: and he just showed up.
0: <laughs> Number four. Now, this is a dark horse, but I think this is the one I'll fight to be on this list. Ken Patera. Just because he threw a goddamn rock through a McDonald's window... Um, and then beat up cops just because they weren't gonna serve him McMuffin. I mean, that's the He's dr- Mike
1: Lawrence's spirit animal.
0: <laughs> I mean, you don't get drunk in that. Not to mention like a shoot interview, he's all fucked up, and when they ask him about it, he says he's gonna beat the guy's ass and shit. It's a really fun shoot interview. And the guy's still alive, too. Um, he never gets mentioned in WWE because he was part of that class action lawsuit, but he was a big part of uh, you know, that early early WWE before, you know, kind of got arrested and was was phased out, like Hercules and a lot of those guys. Before
1: throwing a boulder through a fast food franchise.
0: And it was a boulder, which is crazy, too. And he still got work after
1: that. So there, there's always a second act in wrestling.
0: Yeah, it's the second act nobody wants. That's what wrestling is. All right, number three. Now, this is just... um even though he didn't do that many crazy drunken things, his drinking, he just drank a lot. And that's got to be Andre the Giant. And oh, yeah. par- part of it is just because he was in so much physical pain all the time. He's basically like if Brandon Fraser's The Whale wasn't a pussy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, like he's just like, like, and just drinking like bottles of wine just to feel a buzz. I mean, like it was kind of a nightmare to be him because he was so physically sick that uh, he had to be drunk all the time just to get on planes, and I don't know, you You know, I guess he didn't do the, he didn't do pills, but I mean, also, dying at your dad's funeral, I mean, that's it's a pretty drunk wrestling thing to do, so.
1: Oh, yeah, no, I mean, when you think guys who drink uh, in wrestling, Andre's at the top of that list with all uh, the legendary stories of how many beers he drank, and the wine, and the, the story, I think Bruce told that on his podcast, but he told us Years before, otherwise, when Andre was like passed out in the lobby of a hotel, and there was no way to move him, so they just kind of had to put a blanket over him
0: because uh, you ain't
1: getting that guy up. I-, I can't imagine him taking pills. Uh I feel like you would need like. What if we
0: talked normally and like that whole like, "Hello, it's me, Andre" just because he was on soma's. Like they took the soma off, and he's like, "Hey, what's up, I'm Andre How you doing?" Now no, that'd be that'd be depressing, right? All right, number two and one are there, these are no surprises. It shouldn't
1: be much of a surprise.
0: Well, let's, let's be honest. Number two, Marty Janetti. Look, if you always sound like you're writing your statuses from a river raft, you've got to be on this list. I mean, this guy, Party Marty. Come on, man. Like that's what the great late Lanny Poffo called him. You got to respect the Marty party element of it. You also have to respect the fact that he was given more chances than most WWE superstars and kept throwing them away. So I'm going to say party monster, Marty Gennetti. What, what what do you, what do you think Robert for the top? Oh, yeah. he, he is the, you uh, figure he was going to be one of the top two. Uh, he was definitely on the Mount
1: Rushmore. If that Mount was yeah. made of cocaine. Um, yeah. And the fact that Gennetti is the weird caveat is still alive. Uh, and apparently was starting a podcast, from what I saw online. So God, you never are next.
0: You he should be the next. Rep. He should. How funny it would be if he replaced Mike? Mike, you can't come on the show anymore because Marty's going to be in your spot.
1: Yeah, but the difference is Marty may currently be working at a McDonald's.
0: <laughs> it, it, the the it ends with Mike being Marty's uh, manager at a McDonald's. All right, number one, this is the least surprising, Jake the Snake Roberts. This is the guy everyone says Flair is. It's like how everyone who knows basketball knows that Le- LeBron is a better player than Jordan. It's same for Jake, man. Jake is the king of wrestling drunks, pissing on people when they're asleep, letting snakes die in the trunk of his car, ruining families upon families upon families, and staying alive for all of it. I mean, that's probably one of the craziest things. You know, I guess because the one drug he didn't do was steroids. I'm not sure. <laughs> but um, did he ever? I don't think that's, like, the one thing he didn't do, which is, like, fucking hilarious. If he did him, he was doing him wrong. Um, he definitely wasn't working out. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I got to go with Jake as the number one party monster in wrestling. Um, I, you know, I think you could also ar- argue that M- Rick and Michael Hayes are on there. You know, you can we can switch a couple of them out. Nash probably shouldn't be on there. Um, but, uh, you know, I did this, uh, late last night, so, you know, forgive me, but do you Um, think there's any, anyone who takes the top spot from Jake, Robert?
1: Jake's kind of hard to beat. That's the, that is the gold standard of fucked up. Um, yeah. And the fact that again, he's not only alive, he's employed. He, he's, you know, I think he's kind of, he's turned his life around now. Again, uh which is kind of lazy booking, but you know it's good. um I'm hoping the best for him. uh he was actually down here in Boca Raton like a week ago for a uh, a pro wrestling event, which is kind of cool that he's still out there doing stuff. I enjoyed what he was trying to do in aew didn't love who they married who they married him to, but it uh it works. I think there's a couple guys not on the list in terms of of drunks that uh, I thought might have been on there okay. uh, JBL. Is, uh, I was thinking
0: about JBL, but it seems like that's more pomp and circumstance. Than... No,
1: that's a he. He'll he'll put back a lot of beers and then be an asshole and then be a fucking monster. Uh, that's kind of part of his charm, I guess. Now in the in the world of wrestling, I
0: don't, uh, I don't have any ladies on there. Which lady do you think could be a party monster?
1: Uh, if only there was someone who habitually hit people with her car while fucked up.
0: <laughs> oh my god! I don't know how I didn't put her on. All right. God damn. That bumps everybody up. She's like right under Marty and Jake. Well, That's she's definitely I bumped everyone on that list. <laughs> but uh, here, yeah, here, here's to
1: you, Tammy. Sitch. I think most of the women. I think were, it's
0: got to be sunny.
1: Were are pretty well behaved for, you know, for the most part. I know like years ago, there were some stories about Sherry Martell, but yeah. uh, most of the women were smart enough to know to not be fucked up around the boys nothing Sergeant, good's gonna happen
0: that's true speaking Sergeant, of nothing good happening Sergeant Scott Chaplin's here Scott just entered <laughs> Scott, we just went through top we were gonna call it top 10 wrestling drunks and top 10 wrestling partiers we're now just gonna talk top 10 wrestling party monsters these are the top 10 that I had um these are the honorable mentions that I well one I gotta I gotta make room for okay one of the honorable mentions I completely forgot that's got to be on the list that that Robert brought up is Sunny I totally forgot she's got to be top 10 yeah um Honorable mentions. I actually put if Flick. it was a
2: race, you wouldn't forget her.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, man, yeah, she's I would love if she was a character in Mario Kart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, what was that? Uh, twisted metal. Oh, oh
2: gosh, I love me some twisted metal, man.
1: Like
0: it was, like, that was like, an, like a clown in an ice cream car or something like that. I just, <laughs> yeah. No, no, yeah, I could see that. I could totally see that, but these are the top 10 that I had Gino Hernandez. Uh, just because he had a bowl of cocaine, like just for 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 up for grabs at his house at all time. Like, parties. by the way,
1: Scott, this turned into uh, Dan wish fulfillment for most of this list.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, is I this put who Hall- Dan
2: would party with?
0: I put Hall and Nash because like Nash could handle his shit and Hall couldn't. Terry um, Von Eric, I put uh, I actually put Hogan because he's like a fun partier, uh, even though he's not like a disastrous one. No, he six.
1: just gets drunk and racist.
0: 6 Chris Jericho. 5 Well, I don't think he was drunk for that video, but 6 I'm Chris I'm trying Gericho
1: to give goes. him an out, dude. Let's, you
0: know. Uh, i to give him an out. Throw
1: the guy a lifeline.
0: 5 I have Juventud Guerrero. 4 Ken Patera because Oh,
1: drew- it's Juventud Guerrero. He's not part of the Guerrero family. Oh, I
0: didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. That's hilarious. Ken Patera because he threw a goddamn boulder through a McDonald's when they wouldn't serve him. Uh number 3 Andre the Giant number two, Marty Jannetty, and number one, Jake the Snake Roberts. Am I missing anybody there, Scott?
2: Hmm.
0: Someone You know, you
1: want to
2: say Jeff Hardy, but it ain't a party if you're, uh, you know, alone in a room even though it feels like that.
0: He's like the alone partier guy. I've actually never heard, like, I've never heard of a story about, like, Jeff partying with anyone else. I've just heard of, like, Jeff showing up to the party already out partying everyone. (laughs) Right. I mean, is yes. there, I, I think we meant. I think Hardy could be on that list too. I totally forgot about that. Jeff
2: parties so much. He can never make it to the party. Mm-hmm. And so that's yeah. why we forget he's on the list. Cause he's he like passes Marty... out on the, in the car before he even drives over, you know,
0: he's like, a, he's like, if Marty couldn't handle a shit, that's who Jeff Hardy is, <laughs> uh, but somehow got even more chances. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> By the way, I think the most like Hogan's going to be offended. He's on this list just because you didn't include beefcake. Like contractually, you have to include beefcake in anything yeah, when you mentioned right. Hogan.
0: I mean, fucking beefcake got fired from his goddamn MTA job for co- having cocaine on him. So yeah, I mean, he still maintains uh, that was anthrax. He's, <laughs> he I mean, didn't look. I don't that. want to he call said, it oh, That was his excuse, right? He's like, oh, yeah. I saw the white powder and i got to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> Professional wrestlers are the greatest, greatest men and women of the world. By the way, closet uh,
1: best uh, drunker, best drinker, uh, Michael Cole.
0: Yeah, that's what having, I have Having too. drank
1: with Cole. Yeah, having I mean that dude for, for his size can put down a lot of whiskey. Uh, it's very
0: impressive. Well, it's enough whiskey to get Vince's voice out of your ear. However much, the only time I did see Michael Cole drink once, I was at a, I was at a, I think I was at a bar with David Shoemaker right after SummerSlam, and it was a bar that a lot of wrestlers were at, so Bray and uh, Braun were there. I saw something you only see in an action movie, which Bray was at the bar, and then Braun came in, and Bray goes, hey, brother, only room for one top guy at this bar. <laughs> and then they looked at each other and stared, and then they both laughed at the same time and hugged, like which is like how Arnold meets all his friends in action movies. <laughs> um, but Michael Cole came in as a track shoot, he ordered a shot of Jameson, took the shot, took a piss, left, and waved at everybody without saying anything.
1: Which is the most positive experience you can have with Michael Cole.
0: Well, that was the one you told me he got drunk and he said his kid, he's like, my kids fucking hate me.
1: No, it, was, it wasn't his kids. It was his family thought he was a fucking loser because he was doing wrestling and when he was a legitimate journalist.
0: That's true. He like covered the Balkans, right? Covered
1: Covered Waco. Like, he was a legitimate uh, broadcaster. Maybe and now,
0: because he understood David Koresh, he was able to understand Vince.
1: Yeah, he's still waiting for for Vince to, uh, you know, board everybody up in the compound. Yeah. But there's no Janet Reno to take him down, so he's fine.
0: But also... I would love to see Janet Reno versus Jade Cargill. That would have been a great fucking match.
1: Oh, it, Janet Reno would have uh, destroyed her. Um, but uh, it's it's weird because I think for Cole, like at the time, it's like, Oh, my family, whatever. Like now being a newscaster is not particularly noble or, or or high end. But if you're, you know, wrestling commentator, you're, you're making a lot of money. You've got a lot of recognition. And I think that people have kind of turned the corner on that where Jim Ross's voice is part of just like the general cultural lexicon.
0: Uh, I I, I imagine that if you're like, covering what's going on in aleppo you've got to think that a wrestling journalist is a little beneath you
2: sure but if you're like a standard news report news reporters are like are like wrestlers in the 70s where everybody's like you're fucking lying to us yeah (laughs) what you're doing isn't real you fucking pieces of shit and they're like and they're still acting like what they're doing is real that's the problem
1: yeah, bro like Brokaw was like the Gordon Soli of his time. Now it's like I don't know who the most trusted voice in news is that you can point to somebody and be like, Oh, here's someone who people don't think is, you know, a lizard person in a costume.
0: Well Actually, would that be Cronkite then and a in like as 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 Bruno or something? I mean, I would guess if we have to do parallels.
1: But uh, Yeah, I don't know where Bruno came down on Kennedy being killed, but uh we'll we'll see.
0: Yeah, we'll see. All right, folks, that was our top 10 wrestling party monsters. How are you doing, Scott? Before we I'm get good, how are you guys? Good, man. You know, just
1: sorry, sorry to wake you up at the crack of 1130.
0: <laughs> cutting, cutting and strutting, baby. Cutting and strutting. Sleeping all my right, puppy too. all right. Dynamite or dud, um, action packed, filled dynamite. Let's talk about hour one. Uh,
1: sadly, not no action and ready packed,
0: no, dynamite. no action and ready packed, but. We opened with uh, MGF's Rebar Mitzvah, which then turned into a segment between him, Sammy Guevara, Jungle Boy, and Darby Allin, the four pillars of AEW. So I we think that have...
1: warrants talking about that on its own. I know we got hour by hour, but like this segment, there's a lot to uh, to unpack on what happened here.
0: Well, there was a lot of good stuff and a lot of head-scratching stuff, I thought. But ultimately, I thought it was a really good segment, and... um. You know, I, I think people have been disagreeing online, but, you know, I understand there was some lame stuff about it. You know, I'm going to speak for Mike. Mike Lawrence, who's not on the pod today, was was kind of like Darby getting, you know, dropping out of film school as his origin story is pretty corny. Um, but, you know, I thought MJF was fantastic in this segment. I thought Sammy was really good in this segment. You know, I kind of thought, you know, Jungle Boy kind of, you know, sucked, Um with all and, and it doesn't help I was talking with Mike about this it, it doesn't help to like bring up the fact that I wrestled on AEW Dark and Rampage those shitty pieces of shit yeah and you had to you know you got all the good stuff and it's like God man like does Tony is Tony just purposely nose diving Rampage I I guess you could say that on like I guess you could say that with AEW Dark right because if WWE I don't think have have, have WWE Top guys made fun of not like made fun of main event. I don't think they have, but not main event, but they've made no, fun, they've made of, fun like... of
2: Raw and SmackDown. A show B show has been a thing forever.
0: Well, A show B show was yeah. different, that was
1: competition, well, but I... they've made fun of like velocity and heat. A okay. couple there, there's been cracks about that, but not to this degree. Uh, of... well, I, I think, I think my... the difference
2: is WWE can afford to insult whatever show it, 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 it other shows they have. Um, and aew can't dude i don't watch rampage I, i've like barely ever watched rampage you know i fast forward through it next morning i'll see highlights whatever may happen sometimes i don't see any of it if it's not worth it i feel like for months i haven't seen any of it because it's not really worth it um aside from like a move in a match or something uh it's at 10 o'clock on fridays
1: this week it's at 11 30
2: oh yeah on saturday because oh no maybe next week it's on saturday the week this is
1: friday night uh, it's saint patrick's day when this is coming out today if it cancel your plans guys stay in to watch 2.0 versus the bollywood boys on rampage it's gonna be a fucking barn burner i'm sorry
2: i believe it's the double or nothing uh the rampage go home show is on saturday at like a random time um yeah man the show it's just irrelevant it could be good but also at the same time I don't even know if I want it to be good. I only like a two-hour wrestling show. They just got another hour of wrestling that I guess is going to start airing on Saturdays, possibly, or some shit. I like my two hour wrestling show. Focus on it, make it great. And then have, you know, your random matches on something. But what do you think know. of don't the segment,
0: it. Scott? What? What did you think of this opening segment?
2: Um, I thought it did what we already knew in terms of who is any good on the mic, right? I think it's fun to see these four guys interact because we talk about them all the time. It's a little bit of an illusion, right? Like, are they the four pillars? They're the four guys we were like, oh, they're young and we like them. I mean, that's it, you know? If you look at what they've done, Jungle Boy hasn't done much. We've been rooting for him the whole time and we love him, but... It's not like I am the foundation of eight. no, you know, No, it's
0: MJF, Kenny Omega, John Moxley and CM Punk. You know? Yeah.
2: You know, I'd throw, I'd throw Cody in there. I mean, because of that, that, that the first few years were so important with him there, you yeah. know? Um, But yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not these other guys. These other guys are awesome and you know, they can bring up that. Holy shit. We came in with you as young guys and you're the only one who did anything um but you're That's not the not four pillars either,
0: right i mean they, they all did shit
2: yeah 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 I, guess. I mean i love darby darby is a highlight of the darby is is a pillar fuck it right jungle oh, I mean, boy is sammy be their
0: guy forever yeah yeah
2: yeah i like them but you know i guess the other thing is also though this storyline is going to give everybody an opportunity to to show why we did all like them from the start even though it's been bumpy for some of them and amazing for one of them because he's a fucking um, savant.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's... Look, I think it's all been really good for him. I don't think anybody... I think kind of everyone expected Jungle Boy to have this trajectory. I don't think anyone expected Sammy to have... I don't think anybody expected Sammy to have as upward of a trajectory as he had when he started. And And I think we probably expected maybe a teeny bit more from Darby just because of the sting pairing and because how over he is with the audience. Um, But yeah, it wasn't like a mister. It wasn't, there wasn't anyone there that you're like, like, who's the guy in evolution that they passed up? Um, It was
2: was good too. It wasn't Matt Morgan. Who
0: was it? Yeah. It It wasn't Matt Morgan. It was like friends with Randy Arden and like, They couldn't handle two immature guys, so they got rid of him.
2: Yeah, they like filmed vignettes and everything, right? Is that what you call them?
0: Vignettes. Vignettes, Vignettes. there we go. I like a vignette, though. That sounds like an Italian Italian fair treat or something. Yeah, Yeah, it sounds like you just corrected me on a menu. (laughs) (laughs) I just
2: ordered the vignettes, guys.
0: Vignettes, can I get the (laughs) vignettes? The vignettes. But yeah, I I mean, I I thought it was... uh, Here's why I liked it, Okay. Cause it was, at least it was like showcasing all your homegrown talents. And I do think that like MJF doesn't have a clear next feud. I don't think Cole is ready. And I don't think you want to pull the trigger on Hangman just yet. And clearly if they're going to be doing elite and Blackpool Combat Club, which seems like kind of a fun direction, then, uh, you know, you you could put him with that for a little bit. Um, so I, I did enjoy it in the sense that like, it, it almost does feel like a time saver feud, you know, but I mean, does this lead to double or nothing? Does it lead to an MJF Derby match double or nothing? Or, I mean, what does this lead? Does it lead to just, is this just for TV the next couple weeks? And then we're going to have MJFs versus Cole. I don't know.
2: I think what you don't think four way.
0: I think four, I think that, yeah. Do you think that that's going to be the, the title match a double or nothing? I think it could be. Yeah. I think it could be too. And MJF's, of course, got to win that.
2: Of course, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, you don't take the title off him just yet. That's for sure. But ultimately, man, I mean, like, I I did like the fact it opened. I know it's very WWE, but I did like the fact it opened on a segment just because every week they open on a match. And most of the time you do care about the matches, but sometimes you don't. And I don't know, it's just a variety show, man. You got to keep switching stuff up. Like, you know, it was... (laughs) Uh, probably the best wrestling show would be a little of AEW on WWE and a little bit of WWE on AEW, but at least this was, I don't know. This was different. It felt like Tony was at least like trying to tell a different story. Um, And you do, when it's a younger guy, you get different flavors at of MJF than you do if it's an older legend, because there is a tendency if if it's somebody older for MJF to just go, I'm replacing you on the food chain. So we're not going to get that type of promo. But uh, I don't know, this is interesting. Besides MJF, out of these three guys, Scott, who do you see becoming world champion? Darby? Yeah, yeah. I think
2: Sammy's great. I mean, Sammy could be whatever he wants. Sammy could be world champion. But I'm not, like, sh- shitting my pants when Sammy wins the title. I'm very happy when Darby wins the title. So Darby.
0: Robert, what do you think of this segment?
1: I was the only one here who had a bar mitzvah. Uh, I thought this was very well done uh from that, that beginning portion. I was a little nervous what they were going to do with it. Uh I don't love the crowd booing Judaism as hard as they were, but you know.
0: Yeah. Jeff's really, uh, that's what I was thinking. right? Like, he's really toeing that line of like, man, maybe you shouldn't say some of this stuff,
1: <laughs> eh, but it, you know what? But I enjoyed, this is the most confident I feel Max has been. On the mic in quite some time, he was having a lot of fun with it. Taking the shot at Sean or with, with Brett and Sean, I thought was really cute. uh lifted him up in the chair, doing the horror—that was all a blast. Look, Jungle Boy sucks on the microphone. That's not a surprise. What's a surprise is they let him keep talking? Like, just don't put him, don't let him speak. There I mean, are certain gotta guys.
0: Learn right if he's going to be a top guy at some point, or is he just not the top guy. To to his own point,
1: he was on Dark and Dark Elevation and Rampage the last three years. That's where you're supposed to be learning. So he hasn't gotten any better at cutting promos. Uh, and he's been with Christian, who's a great promo, who should have been teaching him. Sammy did well for himself, but he's not a babyface. face. Uh, he's also the second or third most important member of the Jericho Appreciation Society. So it felt kind of out of left field. Darby was super over with this crowd in spite of the way that he's been booked. And this felt like a major course correction. They're like, well, we got to, you know, spotlight the younger talent and make these guys seem big time. But I think the concern is Max has been on such uneven footing, that whole Danielson feud that you kind of needed a little bit more of a sure thing for him than this. And this will feel a little lesser than when you get to a a four-way match. Like they, I don't think these guys feel like as big a stars as who could have interrupted here. Like it could have been Kenny, Kenny, you know, he, he, they're no longer the trio's champions. You're in Winnipeg. He could have come out there, not even just pointed it and done the, done, the, done the finger gun thing. And there's your TV for the next couple months. And you're good. And get that yeah. match and get Max something major as opposed to these guys who were – it's going to be fine. But it felt weirdly inside array to some degree. And it felt like a major panicky course correction of, oh, we, we got to go with the young guys that we know the fans like. But in storyline mode, there's no reason that these guys should be world champion contenders.
0: All fair points, folks. All fair points. All right, the rest of this uh, first, Jericho. Uh, Jericho is the man of Manitoba. They had uh, a whole segment about a you know h- him having a street named after him, and it was uh, it, it was just kind of fun to watch. It's fun to watch Jericho during the day because it's just like you just see the seven cups of coffee he must have had to get ready for the segments. Dark Otter versus the Blackpool Combat Club. Jade Cargill for some girl. I didn't even get her name. Nicole Matthews. Nicole Matthews. And then Taya Valkyrie's debut. Plus, I mean, the segment everyone is talking about. By that, I mean just us. Uh, QTV, everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what did you think of this uh, first hour, Scott, minus the opening?
2: Uh, yeah, man. I, I actually liked the the trios match in this first hour. I think this is a better way to use Moxley. Just have him be a heel with two other guys who are also wrestling uh, with him. And all he has to do is kind of flip the finger and not follow the rules. It's just easier for me to take him that way. Uh, They seem like they're having fun doing it. Like, oh, we're going somewhere where we're going to be enjoying ourselves every Wednesday. And you could tell, you could see that in John. He looks like he's having fun again. Yeah. Um, cesaro looked like he was having fun and i thought i thought i thought the dark order guys uh had a good match man i I mean they're really fun in the ring
0: my only thing is like fucking who told evil Uno to take his shirt off during a match
2: oh sure i mean yeah
0: he's like uh he's like gorilla monsoon never went to a gym which i don't even (laughs) know if
2: Then yeah, Taya Valkyrie came out. You know that was fine, right?
0: I like Jade. I like like Jade.
2: I really do. So
0: I I I like Taya Valkyrie. I like Jade a lot. I think that the complaint that I had, and a lot, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people had, was just like, you have this huge female roster, and you still aren't doing really enough with them. Like, I don't know. Why do you have to keep bringing new people in? I understand it's somebody for Jade to beat, you know, and and I guess you don't want to. Have her beat anybody in the main event, but eventually you gotta you gotta start putting Jade in this. Ma- I mean, are we really like by the time she gets to a hundred for this title? Are we gonna? I think we'll care, but it's still a you know secondary title. But I, I'm sure they're just trying to get to a hundred. I don't know.
2: Yeah, it's just you know, it's a matter of who beats her.
0: Yeah, hopefully it's not Sky Blue. Um,
2: Honestly, I think a veteran can beat her. Uh, and maybe that's the move. Have someone we love beat her, and then have Jade fight for the world title. You know, yeah. I don't want her to lose to someone new because she's new. There's no, you know.
0: Well, eventually, no got, whoever beats past. her can eventually be someone she beats as world champion. I mean, there is that that booking. What did you think of QTV, brother?
2: <laughs> I thought it could have been better. <laughs> Yeah, hey, man. shout out
0: to Matt Giovanni. You did a great job, bro. Tony's it's, son, he was in this thing as one of the uh, QTV reporters. Yeah,
2: well, that's great. Um, it's just... You know, when you go, okay, you get a, a hint of what something might be, and uh, yeah. and you don't think it's going to be this, and then it is. It, this is, you know, it was filmed like porn. Uh, they acted <laughs> like porn. Uh yeah, it was also like I oh. thought it was short. Like short and didn't make too much sense. So you're like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> they advertised it. So yeah, man, I don't know. But they who's will be the on Brit- homepage, who's the British so girl. That's good. Who
0: was that British girl?
2: Uh I don't know. I searched her in a porn engine and there <laughs> Besides- was no
0: someone who's going to ruin qt's marriage Who
2: is <laughs> yeah just by him coming his pants when he sees her not even uh
0: <laughs> not even
2: for being with her
0: <laughs> uh robert what do you think of the rest of this hour uh
2: yeah i think
1: buy combat club and uh dark order stuff look the the crowd was happy to see Stu grayson they gave him his little moment um i i this not a nice thing to say but i think they probably made the right decision in not keeping stew around they have just a lot of guys who are just guys i don't think he has a major upward trajectory beyond what they were using him for and they just sort of have about 15 guys in that same spot
0: you know um, I think the problem with that is that like the new dark water is like kind of dorks like alex reynolds and stuff and he still has that like we're trying to be spooky thing and it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of too big of a contrast for me. Well,
1: it's also stuff because he's not a particularly tall guy. He's good in the ring, but he's not tall. He's not the most overly charismatic guy in the world. And it's like, well, you have a roster with basically you have Trent Beretta, who's a better version of Stu Grayson in a lot of ways, and he's not doing anything. So, you know, it is what it is. Blackpool Combat Club look good. I think Scott's point. Yeah. Moxie looks a little motivated, having some fun. Juice Robinson sucks uh he is a waste of time and energy every promo, every promo this guy does he's like a worse Bo dallas which is the meanest oh, thing you can say on. about someone Dude, put Dusty, this guy Dusty in an uncle howdy
2: promos i like his promos man
1: did you not watch his promo on dynamite this guy well, so i didn't promo. watch this Ducks. promo or the ricky oh.
2: starks promo so like his, i know his these promo were the, both in the first hour
1: and the starks promo was garbage too like ricky just seems bored He just—it's like it's—it's such a disinterested Ricky Starks, and the one thing people liked about him was his promos had a little bit of electricity to him. This was just kind of there. It was weird they brought in Nicole Matthews, who is an established wrestler who was in the Mae Young Classic a few years ago, and then they just kind of squash her so immediately after they were teasing, oh, we're gonna have this big, you know, a, a Canadian Open challenge, and then she's just already in the ring. It was kind of a weird, a weird decision. Taya, I guess, is you know, Tony can't help himself. It's like, I guess, collecting Pokemon cards for kids that collect a Pokemon. Like, I gotta get this one and, and check this off the list. It's somebody for Jade to beat. So that's fine. And QTV. Oh man. Um I I I love QT. I think QT is fantastic. I think he is God's gift to wrestling.
0: I mean, um, I will say the the argument that you made, or I don't know if it was Mike made that like you know, QT not on the show doesn't make it worse. I do think the show is better than the last couple of weeks. So Q- he's t- interesting. Absolutely. There's an
1: interesting, there's an uh, interesting thing to him. The weird stuff and this, I always get on AEW for this. They're like burying Wardlow for not being as good of Batista as Batista. Stop talking about other companies. Stop talking about ruthless aggression, like focus on your own show. And if the reveal was we broke in your car and stole your title, <laughs> Fine, but you don't need to bury the guy by being like, Hey, you're a shittier version of other wrestlers uh who don't work for our company. How is that helping anybody?
2: It's yeah, they not do. Edgy. That stuff it's a not lot, cool. Man. Yeah.
1: It's not edgy. It's not like, oh my god, did you hear what he said? Yeah. It's like you're looking at me like, yeah, you know what? You're right. Wardlow is not anywhere as good as Batista was when he was bad in the beginning part of his career in evolution. So what am it's I getting like here?
2: Punk called MJF like the Miz or whatever uh yeah Yeah, that ain't it especially because wrestling is so repetitive especially in terms of characters it's like i mean everything is repetitive so how about everybody just shut the fuck up oh you're a badass stone cold was the badass it's like okay
1: also how timely is a tmz spoof in 2023 i
2: know that i think is what bothered me the most because i go am i disconnected from reality that much our mother are people still watching tmz or is this super dated?
1: Like QT, if anything, should have been doing what Cornette did years and years ago on Raw when he would do those fake shoot videos. Sure. Where it was like the the like the like Cornette. Oh, I love like,
2: that shit. Yeah. Hulk that shit Hulk was a household yes. name, but so yes. garbage. Yeah. Like,
1: yeah, yeah. Let, let QT do that. Let QT bury guys. And Absolutely, then when people want to fuck with them, you've got, you know, Solo and Hobbs and all these guys surrounding them. But that's better than whatever this was. Honestly, uh, the
2: problem is Hobbes in it because he shouldn't be in something so stupid. If if this was QT walking around trying to find gossip from everybody because he knows that's what the dirt sheets like anyway, so he's trying to find dirt. That's hilarious. And then everybody like catches him like hiding in bathroom stalls, things like that. You know, he accidentally, get, accidentally gets taken away by a garbage truck because he's listening in a can or something. You know, silly yeah. Scared, mm. stupid
0: shit. I mean, I think that I think the easiest thing to do would have been QTVC, where he's just trying to sell AEW products but doing a terrible job, like <laughs> Gil from The Simpsons.
1: He should have been selling Wardlow's stolen shit.
2: <laughs> it should oh, have been like whatever be... the Taliban's television channel is. He's just like try- <laughs> trying to behead people, and it's like
0: nothing's <clears throat> happening. It's funny you should mention that, Scott, because if you go on YouTube, uh QVC, and you just type in QVC. It is an Islamic news station. Hell yeah, there we go. That's what pulls up. No, no, no QT Marshall doesn't pull up. Um, so it would be funny if, like, they uh, declared fatwa on him. I think the thing that was a bummer to me is, like... He's whenever, looking a
1: little less fatwa now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I think the the thing to me for me that was, like, so bizarre is... Not bizarre, but just kind of, like, eh, kind of a fart in church, is you have a guy with a hoodie stealing it. So like you think like, oh, this is going to be either QT or powerhouse Hobbs or somebody new and they're introducing somebody new. And instead it was just Aaron Solo and you're like, eh, all right, I guess. I guess he's back in the mix. um, But shout out Matt Giovanni. I, I like the Excellent. idea be, that he wanted with. it be uh, to be someone B-roll. else. Work What? I don't know if I, I wanted be- someone else, but I think I'd rather be QT or powerhouse Hobbs, right? Yeah, but there is something funny about QT can't find
2: anybody but who he's already worked with. Like he just <laughs> has no choice but to reform. Also, uh, it can't can- be
1: Hobbs since we just watched eight weeks of videos about Hobbs overcoming his like childhood. And then you're going to make him a-, a petty criminal. Not he a great can- look.
0: Not a great look. You think he's going to bring Nick Camarado back at some point?
1: One can only hope. Love that guy.
0: Let's get to hour two. Super hairy. Jeff Jarrett versus Orange Cassidy for the international title. Uh, The acclaimed rap, which, man, that was not great. Um, (laughs) It was the first time where I was like, ooh, they probably could have done without this one. It's like
1: making a difference fought too.
0: It was. That's what it was. There was an Invader heel ladies promo with Soraya, um, Ruby Soho, and Tony Storm. 2.0 promo, advertising Rampage, and our... I thought, unbelievable triple tag title main event. Scott, what did you think about the second hour? Uh, Yeah, man. Look,
2: was the Jeff Jarrett-Orange Cassidy match fun? No. Hmm.
0: I think it was kind of fun. Here's the weird thing about it is that by the end of it, I was like, man, maybe put the title on Jeff.
2: Look, the thing is, Jeff gets a reaction. I'm not saying Jeff shouldn't be on TV. I am saying he should not be this pushed on TV. There's no reason. He should be helping a young guy. We all hate him. Make us hate a young guy. Uh, This didn't put over Orange Cassidy. You know what I mean? So it's like, if you look at the feud, do you go, okay, was this just kind of a pointless feud with some matches? That's cool, right? That happens. Uh, Or did you actually think this, because it's been like a month feuding with Jarrett and his guys, maybe two months. Like, did you think this would be a moment where he beat Jarrett? I don't know. Just wasn't crazy about it, man. Um, Maybe because I thought Jarrett was going to win and I was just more excited for something insane to happen and go, what? And I so I was that, a little
0: that's, bored that's with it. For me, that was it. Yeah. Is it, that what it was for you? Yeah. Where I was I mean, like, oh, yeah, I where I was thought- like at the beginning, I was like, I was like, I don't want to see this match, but if I do see this match, fuck it, pull the trigger all the way. Have Jeff absolutely, and, yeah, and do, and do like a couple weeks of like a mini TNA Reign of Terror, but for that title. Um, but uh, you know, the unfortunate thing is, like with that title, I guess Tony won. Even though now Tony's doing house shows, and I guess the guys are bitching about doing that. Um, you know, you do want that title defended, and you don't want to be like a in other promotions, and you don't want to be sending Jeff Jarrett as your AEW representative. it's, it's like a weird, it's a weird message. To the well, I just
2: of- think him showing up, yeah, like at any, even if you go like, yeah, five uh, five AEW stars need to go to this like event, you know, this school event, and then Jeff Jarrett is one of them. It's there's just a disconnect in uh, how pe- I don't know
0: whatever i wonder if jeff's just like a father figure to tony dude he's been around
2: forever I mean, he must be a father figure to a lot of people um he probably helped out a lot right in 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 impact in terms of running the show or tna and we like tna right when jeff was there
0: We liked everything but Jeff. We liked
2: everything but Jeff. That's the problem.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, dude, I don't know. Uh, The problem with the TNA is that you would have these amazing Christopher Daniels, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles matches, and then it would cut to, like, you know, a a TNA match with, like, the laziest WCW finish. Yeah, yeah. Well, it made a little more sense than that, but what about the rest of the – what do you think of that main event, Scott? Boys. What did you think
2: about the movie? I loved event? it.
0: I thought How it was, lovely. I mean, even to like the point awesome. of just
2: having Alistair Black and Chris Jericho one-on-one and you're like, oh, I didn't realize this would be happening in this match. Yeah. Uh, there were so many moments like that where you got to watch guys interact with each other that you either haven't seen interact in a long time or at all right and i think that ending was so fun it's a thing i loved about a remember aw's like first god year of shows would end in big brawls everywhere yeah and people would start to get irritated because it was super repetitive but the reason i liked it is it it showed that whatever happened during that night everybody meets it at, at wednesday to go record dynamite and they're pro wrestlers on a roster. And they have their show and they have their matches and they have their feuds and things build up throughout the night so much that everybody's just fighting at the end. I I always loved that, that every storyline mattered either so much or so little that they were going to find a way to push it into the main event because these guys saw each other today and now they have to be dishing at each other at some point.
0: Well, I thought in this particular case, it's it's whether it tells a story, you know, and, and uh, seeing Dark Order versus them told a story that they've been telling for years, which is the elite coming back together. Dude, fucking um,
2: Hangman thinking that they were backing down for man. him for like one second. He was like, oh, fuck, I got these three guys like about to back away, uh, not realizing the elite was behind him in the exact same positions as... Uh, they were when they were going to turn on him at uh, Revolution in that tag match. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's all, you know, that shit is what I love about wrestling, right? It is That's a great uh, story. Yeah. It's what makes wrestling great. It was something that the elite had for a moment in AEW, I think, when we were most excited about AEW. And so I'm glad it's back. And I know it's going to lead to some awesome matches. I hope there are some awesome single matches. I hope it doesn't get too convoluted. And I hope maybe Doug. I mean, I think you have take out we the have CM Punk back.
0: What? I think you have him take out the Blackpool Combat Club and then transition to MJF.
2: Yeah, and I think a way to have them take out Black Oh, that's interesting. Have them okay, okay.
0: But the only thing about that is do you make MJF a baby face if it's four guys versus one? You know, you almost need
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know what, is part of the Blackpool Combat Club gonna be trying to get Danielson involved and since his heart isn't in it or something they don't do it you know like they can't win and then that's an excuse for the elite to win and then but that's also such a big victory that look i want punk and ftr back ftr's back right so yeah just get the fuck back man and let's make some good tv
0: i guess well they gotta they gotta convince punk to come back or they gotta convince the guys i mean you can't you have to watch this last year since punk has been off tv and you have to see this nosedive. And like I understand. I was one of these people who was like, oh, you got to fire him. But now I feel like you got to rehire him. Like <laughs> It's like. Well, just like his
2: storylines were always fucking top tier and he's captivating. Um, he's a cult of personality.
0: <laughs> immediately, I think add another hundred thousand viewers if he comes back.
2: I don't even know about that. I just know the his shit will be better. And I mean, look, the truth is they need to make a tighter show all around. Like I loved this trios and I loved the trios in the beginning. So now like, let's make everything else. Great. Now I didn't see the, the, the women's uh, segment. Can you acknowledge that for a second? What happened? The promo. That was the second hour.
0: And now I mean, like, uh, that's kind of the same shit. Like, okay. You know, we came in here, we should be bigger deals than we are. And you guys don't give a fuck. And Soraya called everybody twats, um, which is very British of her. Um, but yeah, it's just more of the same. I mean, it ended with Britt and uh Jamie Hayter coming in as the babyface trying to take him out, and then they and then they kind of choked, but then they bring in, I mean, this is like the kind of the problem with AEW to make the save after that. They bring in Riho, Sky Blue, and Willow. And you're kind of like, Well, if you really want to make a new person, just have one of those people come out, you know, just have like willow come out to make the save so like we can say to the audience no this girl is going to be something um and it's just weird man with sky blue and Riho together like Riho, like yeah she's small and diminutive but that's like kind of like what we've expected out of her right and she's good enough in the ring that like we can forget about some of the other shit but sky blue is just like it looks like some girl like wrestling fan won a contest and now she gets to be in the segments or something. <laughs> You know, it's just, it it doesn't make any sense. Um, What did you think of the second hour, Robert?
1: Uh, Orange Cassidy, Jeff Jarrett stunk. It was ever, I mean, it was like 15 different spots, not just one. It was every goofy Memphis finish you could think of. We're gonna we're gonna distract the ref. We're gonna do a ref bump. We're gonna hit somebody with a chair. We're gonna make it seem like somebody got hit. We're gonna hit somebody uh, with another Aubrey's foreign
0: object. So annoying, huh? Aubrey's getting so annoying.
1: Aubrey's annoying. The the whole segment was annoying. And, and Scott's point, it didn't help Orange. It didn't make him look good that he overcame. It's like, all right, you beat an old guy who has a podcast on our network. Cool. Um I, I don't need to see this ever again. Uh give Orange Cassie something better to do. I thought Jarrett was going to win this. Just because I assumed that they were going to have Jungle Boy beat him since Jungle Boy said, I got to win a title. So have him win the international title and beat Jarrett because who gives a fuck about Jarrett instead of just being like, oh, I'm going to go for the world title. Uh, the acclaimed video was weird. It was weird. They weren't on the show. Uh, I, don't, maybe they, I don't know. I don't know. They weren't able to make the show. I don't know what the fuck it was, but it was not well put together. Yeah, the outcast thing. I get you're trying to do something of the women, which I applaud that you're trying to give them a storyline. Uh, it, it's just, it's a lot and it's kind of convoluted. Uh, and then the main event was a blast. Uh, this was a really fun match. Uh, you you set things up well, the the guys all got their, their shit. And I really enjoyed the the House of Black versus the Elite at the pay-per-view. I think my downside to that was, I'm like, you know what, Buddy and, and Malachi should be, bigger stars than they have been and brody is being booked properly now and looks like a fucking killer Uh, the tease at the end with the elite is kind of fun because it's like all right well who is blackpool gonna get as their fourth guy uh and then uh, i'm gonna uh, if you if you care about rampage ignore the next 20 seconds plug your ears you spend all this time building brody king up as a monster and then you have him lose on rampage to danny garcia
2: no so, that happened no like
1: what the f- why i thought like this out. is the Was there best... cheating? Was there yeah cheating? i think they used a, a bad jericho used like a bat or something like that but it's like you don't need to do this you just made this guy look like an absolute fucking monster
2: well here's what's going to happen uh brody is going to beat jericho and they're going to go see doesn't that make up for it and we're going to go yeah and then no they're, later, they're teasing Jericho's going to beat brody no they're Again.
1: teasing yeah. brody and uh and hager that was like uh, what was going on at the end of uh, uh, of Dynamite, but yeah, it's yeah, a yeah that's of like chaos.
2: a Dynamite match, you know, and you go that that's no, it's a while, it's but... good,
1: no, it's just a fine thing, but I think it's a lot of chaos. But again, it now feels like the most important story going on in AEW is the Elite versus Blackpool Combat Club, and Max is now way down the card in terms of importance because he's hey. feuding with lesser guys for what feels like a secondary title.
2: Hmm. Yeah, we'll I mean, see well, that, that is far. interesting. I think I think there is something though to like you know people, not us, but the the questioning of the elite and and the star power, and then yet it is really the only thing we like always enjoy, even if we're like there's no storyline. It's like, well, that match was ridiculously great.
1: But we haven't seen Kenny. With, like, I know, stricter taken off of him in a long time. Yeah, he should and have I, been the main event guy going up against Max. It should be like, I'm back, I want to win the title.
2: Well, also, you know, like, you see, you see, you see the situation they're in now with the trios, and you go, Oh, great, we could also have a bunch of singles leading up to trios matches, but they haven't done that. Kenny didn't fight any of the uh, the uh, the House of Black guys leading up to Revolution. We, no. we would have loved that, and you know. I also did like what they ended up doing, which was, you know, we didn't get those stare downs until the pay-per-view. But goddamn, we need some Kenny singles matches. We need some Young Bucks tag matches. That I want Kenny versus Rampage. Buddy
1: for like twenty minutes. Give them time. Let's see what they can sure, do. Sure, sure, man. Make it All make, make a guy who should actually be a star yeah, as opposed
0: like to Kenny's action andretti. Hurt? Is it like well, he's still hurt, and they're trying to like just like kind of take take a load off her shoulders for now? Uh,
2: I don't know. I don't know. I know. Also, you know, Buddy is dating Rhea Ripley, so he's just gonna go back to WWE eventually, right? I mean, she's about to be their person, unless yep.
0: they break up. Hey so man, so I get just, just building Brody and that letting that the guy other guys be great
2: wrestlers. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I don't know. It's. Uh... You know, I, I I did think after watching this, I'm like, man, they are really they really can't lose Kenny in the Bucks. You know, like
1: uh, that's I, why this feels like the weird course correction of like, oh, we should be now focusing on the guys. We should have spent the last three years building up like there's something damning about. Jungle Boy was this huge star even before the pandemic, and then they never really capitalized on it. Or, or I mean, Darby he
0: did. I mean, Jurassic Express is very over.
1: Jurassic Express was over as a team, but his promo basically made it seem like I've done nothing in the last three years, and I've I've been you know relegated to a forgotten person. Uh, you can't put well, Sammy. Was
0: bad, it was a bad yeah, promo. Yeah. You can't
1: put Sammy in a main event because you can't trust Sammy to not fuck it up and do something stupid in the back. And he's got like the Randy Orton problem for event uh, that, that still has not gone away. And you know, Darby. The crowd likes Darby, but Darby's a little hit and miss on the microphone, and he's a little weird. The crowd just is—they love Darby the way they used to love Jeff Hardy, and no matter what this guy does, he's the greatest thing ever. Uh, but what has he done to to back that up recently? You know, he has like spurts. He has like that run with the TNT title, and then he's gone. Uh, and then he's with Sting, and then he's gone. It's like there's just so much inconsistency that it's hard to watch this as a weekly episodic show. And you have the pieces to make this a great fucking show. And I think that's what's frustrating sometimes. Uh, but hey, there was a bar mitzvah on TV. So
0: Do you think that they're they're waiting like to see where Kenny goes to pull the trigger on Kenny versus Max?
1: Why? Get the match. Get the match and and let Max beat Kenny. Because if Max can then say, I beat Moxley, I beat Danielson, I beat Kenny Omega, ain't nobody beating me. That's a, that's, that's a bulletproof heel right there.
2: Sure. The, actually my high spot of the week, just cause again, I like options is, uh, Kenny, when asked if he was going to go to WWE, he said this week, I think at this point, anything new appeals to me and challenges also always, always appealed to me. So also, I know I... that's the thing you say when you're, when you're trying to get paid the big bucks, you know, you're not going to go. Yeah, I'm staying here, obviously TK, but, uh, yeah i just love the idea of talented guys wrestling elsewhere for a while and then jumping around here and there and everywhere you know Uh, i
0: I heard that backstage you know seth does have some power backstage and i heard i heard he's been trying to push for them to sign kenny omega for a while yeah i
2: don't think seth has to be the one pushing i think anybody uh with eyes yeah with eyes is like hey we should probably acquire this dude
0: and, and there was that story after Jay White became available. I mean, I'm sure somebody from WWF let the story out where they're like, we're looking for Kenny, not Jay, you know, which is disrespectful to Jay, you know, it is disrespectful, but also like, it's a clear message of like, hey, we want you. Yes, you know? yes. I mean, that's by the way, a-
1: I still maintain if you bring Jay White and you bring him into NXT. I, I think you you NXT let him has
0: gotten better. I will say that the last NXT's couple...
1: gotten better, but I think you put him in there. You let him get his footing in how WWE does what WWE does, and then when you move him up to the main roster, it means something. Versus if he's your night after WrestleMania surprise, I, I just don't know that the crowd responds to him you the way that they let did
0: him for like the way he wrestles, or else he's just going to be looked at as just like another Grayson Waller, you know, you're they,
2: also in LA, right. There's a lot of English people, WrestleMania weekend, or I mean, UK type people, new Japan fans. Uh, but what is he, where's he from fucking Perth or some shit somewhere? Yeah, but Scott, you're, Australia you have an NXT
1: pay-per-view there. You're uh, doing an uh, NXT pay-per-view. Like if, if that's the, I don't know what the main event of the NXT pay-per-view is. Let's say it's Braun wins the title and then Jay White comes out that's a buzzed moment for your week. And then you're drawing eyeballs to your Tuesday after mania and NXT show.
2: Sure. I understand what you're saying. I forgot that there's an, ah, yeah, I know. It's just NXT. I don't know. Well,
1: we'll, we'll see. So, so your high spot is the possibility of Kenny.
0: Yeah.
2: Just Kenny talking, made, it made a sentence this week. That's my high spot. (laughs) <laughs> that's your high spot. Is Kenny made a sentence? Well, you can't
1: make a video game, so at least he can make a sentence. <laughs> oh, that's what?
2: my low spot. What's going the, on? In the video GCW game? like yeah. act is stalling. Apparently, it's not like there's no real beef, but GCW is stalling the fucking uh the Fight Forever game because no. I guess GCW uses Fight Forever for something.
1: Yeah. There, there, it's a trademark fight. Yeah,
2: there's it's, a, there's it's, a little it's... bit of a trademark dispute.
0: And that you can to call me the is first my game fun. AEW the game. You know what I mean? Like you could just call it dynamite and people would buy it.
1: Yeah, yeah, but they had to be cutesy and insidery and use a term. Uh, and because of it, by the time this game comes out, most of their roster is not going to be there.
2: It should be called uh AEW CM Punk versus the world.
0: <laughs> <laughs> CM Punk Revenge Tour.
2: <laughs> yeah, that would rule, man.
0: Yeah, they're in a. Um, it is it is pretty crazy that 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 game hasn't come out yet. Because when was when was it originally slated to come out twenty twenty one, right?
2: I'm not sure. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get it. I'm I'm not expecting too much, but I also don't play video games, so it's gonna blow my mind if it's anything better than something from you know past two thousand two.
0: Well, it's just got to be a good game. It's got to be good gameplay. They're not gonna beat WWE on graphics like. The la- like the WWE 23 that's out now. I mean, it- it's crazy. Everybody looks like everybody. It's the that's first great. wrestling game where you watch it and you're like, this looks exactly like the guy. Um, but uh, you know, the gameplay isn't as fun as 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 those old N64 games. Like, no, yeah, moves. make
2: the gameplay fun. I think also don't focus so much on have an interesting graphic, not a great graphic. You know, the kid plays video games all the time and uh it's just about how fun it is she'll play a pixelated like they make new modern pixelated looking games you know there's like that shovel knight game or whatever that people love and it's just it looks like something for your phone goddamn you know? ColecoVision vision or some shit yeah i mean you know phone games don't look great you know they're just no, no Hi, baby. Um... Hey, I gotta take my dog to the bathroom, but I can wait like three minutes. What else are we talking
0: about? We're just high spot, low spot. High spot okay, low. awesome. Go ahead, boys. You want to no, Do you want to um just plug? Or you can have we can uh it. yeah, my other
2: podcast out for smokes. Uh also April 1st, I guess because we're approaching the roast of Burt Kreiser is coming out. I wrote for it. I'm not fucking on it, but I did write for it. It's gonna be on OnlyFans, so I know you guys have it already. Just subscribe to I don't know which one. Hey, you we'll guys already this. have it
0: for Sunny, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh sure,
2: And yeah, babies. That's it, man. The, uh, the elite coming back together. Let us hope CM Punk is returning. Uh oh, also, WWE knocking it out of the park, man. I, I did sit down and have Raw on while I was doing work Monday night. I enjoyed the fuck out of so much of the show. Not all of it, but that's never gonna happen. It's three hours, and I really thought they, they brought it. Even in the parts that were kind of not so great i was like they're doing it man they are ready for wrestlemania so it's that's the best built
0: wrestlemania since 26
2: yeah
0: you know since they had all that brett vince sean undertaker batista cena stuff it's the best absolutely yeah. punk mysterio all right scotty we'll see you this weekend for the patreon all right boys peace peace roasted john moxley folks for the patreon i'll go next high spot low spot high spot Omas was on Watch What Watch What Happens Live last night. He was uh, the barkeep or bartender, or whatever the fuck they call it, and it was just kind of fun to watch because it was like my wife's trash meeting my trash. Um, you know, people talking about Vanderpump Rules, and then Omas in the back looking scary. It's just like one of those fun things that's going to be in like a package later on. Like I just watched a clip of Gold Dust on Conan, and it kind of reminded me of that. Uh, My low spot was the Omos-Brock segment on Raw. Um, It was, if we didn't see it. Like, you kind of got a little interested because Omos is so much taller than Brock. But then they kind of fucked up the one spot they had. And I guess Brock got annoyed that he just got so annoyed that he just asked for his cowboy hat and left the arena like right afterwards to go on a plane, which I'm kind of like, Brock, you chose this you probably had a couple options for Mania. You know, maybe maybe not be the options that you have wanted, you know, but you had a couple options. And instead, you just fucking, you know, you you can't bail on this guy now. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, you're the vet. You've got to be the guy that carries him through this, which that's, Brock doesn't really flourish in those positions. (laughs) So, like, you know, you kind of have to prove yourself before you go against Brock. But it just felt like... I don't know, man. I just kind of felt like it was, it was just kind of a weird, um, kind of wet fart of a segment. Uh, Robert, what are your high spots, low spots?
1: High spot is Rey Mysterio being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, absolutely deserved. Great guy. Uh, incredibly talented. Very nice person to to deal with, interact with. Uh, I love the fact that they are able to leverage a storyline with this, and I think it'll make for a really fun enhancement to a show that sometimes gets a little uh boring and overlooked
0: would you uh, here's my question for the hall of fame would you end on it just because like the hall of fame you know it's it's whatever it's it's like a you know with basically the hall of fame i look at it as like if you worked at gm for 30 years and they give you an award if gm gives you an award that's kind of what the wb hall of fame is but do you see like would there be some advantage for if ray goes on last for the hall of fame just Dom beats the shit out of him during his Hall of Fame ceremony. I mean, that would be great heat. Would you Would you pull the trigger on that, Robert?
1: Uh, yeah, I think that would be decent heat. I think there's there's, I think at this point, anything that they can do here, they have so many different avenues and opportunities to generate a lot more, you know, excitement and energy for it. And I think the other part of it for the Hall of Fame, um, is a lot of the guys that go in. Yes, it's you know they're giving themselves whatever but it's because these guys are now landing legends contracts they're now getting uh guaranteed income going forward so for some of these wrestlers it means it genuinely means a lot not as a great job for what you did in your career but more of a you're gonna continue to get paid uh which is a big deal for them uh my my low spot of the week comes from uh brian alvarez who uh i don't listen to because you know i value my time but dan listened to and said that alvarez was complaining about the fact that they have not announced the uh the tag title match or the ray dom match yet and that bothers him uh brian alvarez is in this instance a complete fucking idiot uh the the downside when you don't announce a match is when it's the week of a pay-per-view and you just throw something out there and just are like oh by the way it's gonna be you know this guy versus this guy on sunday no build ice but cold, by the way
0: nothing. that's what they did in the attitude era pay-per-views that's what they did in The had most of the
1: attitude era pay-per-views in they, fact they sometimes the park. they would like russo would just fuck with things like you had that when they switched uh billy and road dog and two different like triple threats like they were building to one yeah. story and another and they just like oh let's just change it up you know you're getting ray and dom the the allure here is what is it going to take for dominic to ultimately get ray to say Yes, yeah, so I'm ready to have. I'm ready to to have this match. Like you've pushed me too far. Now I want to see what happens. It's what like
0: I, to do? Is he gonna call like his mom a whore? Or I have
1: no clue what it's ultimately going to take. But that's part of the intrigue. It's like, well, what's it gonna be? And then with Sammy and Kevin versus the Usos, you're building up to. You want Kevin and Sammy to be like, can't you guys see? You love each other come together and, and fix this and make that, make it right. And it's one of the last big moments you have for the next few weeks before you get to mania, you know, what you're going to get. It's not going like, no, one's not going to buy the pay-per-view because Like, I don't know if we're really going to do Kevin and Sammy versus the Usos. Like, of course they are take the journey. It's not like all of a sudden week of they're going to be like, Oh, by the way, it's Damien priest versus Otis uh, at mania <laughs> with no story whatsoever uh huh. though also otis as a male model is fucking fantastic
0: yeah it's uh it's unbelievable all right folks that's our show we're doing the rest of john moxley for patreon so check that out what a big show's coming up subscribe to our uh our itunes leave a five-star review join our facebook group we're on twitter we're on instagram we've got merch if you want to go uh, on my website and you can click on Wrestle merch it's on Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, my new special date will be June 1st at Brooklyn Comedy Club. Um, let's let's fingers crossed. Nothing else happens to make the, <laughs> to postpone that. Um, and uh, yeah, I should be actually having some new, fun, exciting career no- noise, <laughs> career news. Well, career noise. That's all really what that is when you're. Uh, announcing career news but uh yeah so stay tuned for that and uh thank you guys you're the greatest fans in the world until then wash your hands